You are listening to Nerding Daily with your host, James Loftus, and your other host, Robert Maestas. We're going to talk about cult classics, your favorite movie. Um, probably going to start with yours, Robert. Which is which of the list of, of the m- multiple cult classics, old or new, by far is your favorite? Oh, favorites is a tough, tough decision. Um, mostly the older ones, I would say. The Big Lebowski is one that always comes to mind when I think of cult movies. Uh, it's one of those that people didn't care about when it came in theaters. It mm-hmm. followed... It was made by the Cohen brothers. It was followed after uh, Fargo, which was huge, you know. Oh yeah, dramatic yeah, absolutely. Movie. That funny but yet serious. Yes. Film, and it was more of a you know screwball comedy, and so people, you know, audiences kind of really didn't get it. They kind of expected like another mm. Fargo, um, but it's hilarious, and it's really stood the test of time. The last twenty years since it's been out. <laughs> yep, there he is, the dude, Jeff Bridges. Uh, the 20 years since it's been out, like, people are just going crazy over it. They have Lebowski Fest. Oh, yeah, where they do the thing at the bowling alley where they have it on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's people awesome. People dress up like the characters. Drinking white Russians. Yeah, doing white <laughs> Russians. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's it's great, cool man. thing. And it's, it's just crazy that it's, you know, first thought of, or first came up as, you know, a cult movie. Like, there were very small audiences that got it, that understood what they were going for. I knew when I saw it that we had an American treasure. Yeah. <laughs> I bought that movie as soon as it was available. My my buddy and I went and saw it at the Dollar Theater, actually. The Gangster wow. 8 up on Mateo. <laughs> oh, it's still that, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, that you're right. That movie, I, I could definitely put that in my top um, favorite cult list. Um, and, and I mean, given, given the cast, I mean, you got Bushimi. Yeah, John Goodman. Who's just awesome. And Goodman, dude, he's that <laughs> guy who you cannot stand because he like, well, I mean, you're not sure if he actually fought in the Vietnam War or if he's a wannabe. We yeah. don't know. And he wears shorts year round. And he's got those crazy <laughs> yellow glasses. But he's got some great lines. And he does such a good job at uh, his role. And, and you just, you like all the characters, even though you don't like yeah. some of the personality traits. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. And the situations are good, too. And, and well, the whole story is a silly situation. <laughs> yeah. But every character interaction, there's always something odd going on. Absolutely weirdness. It's funny. Through the whole thing. I mean, through the whole investigation of what he's trying to do, trying to find out who, uh, you know, trying to either screw the big Lebowski out of his own money and then turn out mm-hmm. he threw a ringer for a ringer, the whole the whole deal. Yeah, you're right. It, it, that's, a, that's definitely a great film. Definitely one that uh, is one of my favorites. Well, I'd have to say my, my favorite of all time is nowhere close to the big Lebowski as far as... Uh, any kind of similarity, but I love Space Odyssey 2001. Oh yeah, um, I watch. I can watch that movie over. And I've I, I remember first seeing that movie when I was like five or six, and just being in awe of that first opening scene with all, even with just the music and bla- black screen, but but with the apes at the beginning and the throwing the stick in there. I remember those images in mm-hmm. my five year old brain as my dad was watching that movie and actually watched the whole thing. And that's for a five year old's kind of crazy. Dang, yeah. And my kids do that when I put it on. They're like, what is this? There's something <laughs> about that movie. That gets them excited, it gets them interested. It really is. And there's a lot of work that went into that movie. It can never be redone. Nope. They burned, they literally burned everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it can't be redone. <laughs> but I, um, I, I wish I saw it at that young of an age because I saw it, I mean, maybe 10 years ago. Sure. And I saw more like spoofs. Of it before I saw the actual movie. Oh, the sure. movie's still amazing to me, but yeah, sure. when it's it's always special when you see a movie when you're that young, unadulterated and yeah. in its purity. Yeah, and and actually looking at it, actually watching it recently, I think I watched it this summer with the kids to see how far ahead Stanley and Arthur. I don't know if, how much Arthur had in play as far as the actual movie, mm-hmm. Arthur C. Clarke, because I, I think Arthur C. Clarke and Stanley Cooper wrote those together if i remember right um he wrote the actual books um space odyssey and then they worked i think they worked on screenplays together yeah but what's interesting is how advanced they were as far as predicting technology now we're not flying to the moon and a lot of that moon-based stuff was based off of the um Werner von braun model of what he had envisioned and and yes him and disney 
Yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Disney did have uh, him on an ex-Nazi, believe it or not, who actually designed the V-2 missile. He was a prisoner of peace, a POP as they call him. Wow. A lot of people don't know this. He was actually who got us on the moon. This was the guy behind the scenes in NASA who actually designed the rocket technology uh, to get us to the moon. I mean, it's insane. Wow, yeah, I didn't so, know that. No, nobody does. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, there's a Disney um, special you can YouTube where it's called Man in Space. And they actually have Werner Verbron on there. And he actually, <laughs> and I think there's a couple of them. I think there's a man on the moon and a man on Mars, maybe. I don't know. I, don't, I hadn't seen those for a long time, but I came across it by accident on, on YouTube. I go, oh my gosh, that's Werner Von Braun on a Disney show. What the heck? <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> very, very weird. But it, it's really cool. The ideas that he had, minus the past, yeah, it's really interesting. But, but Space Odyssey, after seeing the 60s idea of what was coming mm-hmm. and then seeing what Stanley did with it and incorporating those ideas you start to notice wait a minute these guys have tablets yeah and they're watching tablets it's really weird and you're like oh my gosh they have tablets yeah how do they know <laughs> it's very interesting uh i think there's a, a vision phone in there which is like big very a similar video to Skype. Phone. Video yeah phone. yeah yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty pretty ahead of its time so that's one of my favorites uh, let's. We can go. I went on a rant there. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Uh, we can go on. A, we can look at some other ones. Let's see what. Uh, what are the probably the the top classic ones of all time? Um, see, I, I think there's Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? It's one of the main ones. People are still doing midnight showings of that, dressing up and throwing stuff at the screen, <laughs> repeating the lines. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it, that movie is wow. It's wild. It is wild. And the first time I saw that, I didn't realize they were going to take off in a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> but how could you know? <laughs> uh, let's see. You had a you had a pretty decent list going there. Yeah, one of the more recent ones again was um, uh, Office Space. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Mike Judge. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and that was his first uh, feature length film after Beavis and Butthead. Do America? Yeah, Be Somebody Do America. The nice. show was over, and he did something just completely different. Uh, while he was creating King of the Hill, he made Office Space because he just he didn't ever like being in, stuck in a cubicle, and he knows other people are like that. And we all can somehow relate to that movie oh, in some yeah. way or shape or form. There's always a part of the working class that somebody can relate to it. Well, and he, he didn't just touch on the cubicle. He, I mean, through Jennifer... Uh, Oh, serving. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, the the restaurant, you restaurant know. Restaurant business. Yeah, I mean, he, he touched upon that, the annoying waiter, and then the not-so-enthused, this is just a paycheck for me. Yeah. Quit trying to get me to show flair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about flair. <laughs> and it's funny that he plays the manager. Yeah. You know, and he's yeah. got that wig. And <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're right. That's, that's definitely up there, man, yeah. as far as one of the best. I would say I like Clerks. Remember Clerks? Oh, of course. I mean, that's a Kevin Smith's. Wasn't that his like a college project, or was that his just for one of his first movies? I think it was kind of both. Was it both? I think it was a short first, and then they went into uh, making it a full length movie. Wow! But yeah, it was definitely his first movie. Now that that I have to say is, I mean, I love the writing more than anything. The the playful banter between characters dialogue yeah the, yeah the dialogue is just um very well written and i mean it, it'll be timeless oh, and yeah. it will always be funny even though it is perverse i think it's... <laughs> <laughs> in some areas you know what i'm talking about see the way i see it and it's it's a really good movie i don't really see it as timeless but i definitely do see it as more like a time capsule of oh like okay the 90s no i got gotcha. you which i mean that's not to knock it or anything but it's still like one of those perfect like 90s movies well and for me it is timeless because i don't know why but when i watch that movie it's more like i visit a small town yeah. that's behind you know oh. what i mean because you, you can go to a small town in america where they have like a video store still mm-hmm. you know what i mean yep. <laughs> it's still there it's like what really <laughs> you have a video store that's awesome I don't know about so much now with all the streaming now that's becoming available, but I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's a town somewhere in America that has a video store. Oh yeah, there's still a blockbuster somewhere, sadly. Somewhere, and it's probably got a different <laughs> name. Yep. <laughs> How about uh, what's another one here? Let's oh, see. we were talking about this earlier. They live. Oh, they live. And how did I not think of that one? That's one of my favorite movies. Um, I love 
the storyline. I I'm kind of glad that no one's remade this one. They better not. Because is it Ronnie Piper? Is that his name? The ex wrestler Roddy, Roddy Piper. Yeah, dude, his <laughs> lines are so funny, and it has the longest, funniest fight scene I've ever seen in my entire life. Over glasses. It's like 17 <laughs> minutes, and it's just two big guys grappling each other. Yeah. Put on the glasses. No. <laughs> Dude, there's crotch punching. There's He breaks his his car's like, taillights with a baseball bat or something. <laughs> or, yeah. or a board. I can't remember. They, it's so long you forget why they're fighting. <laughs> they jump on the hood. They, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it goes on and on. Anything that you could... See in a fight scene, they basically do in that whole sequence, and I love every second of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one that uh, I uh, I would have to say I own. I mean, I do I own too, yeah. Big Lebowski. I do own uh, They Live, and I do own Office Space, and I do own Space Odyssey. Actually, I even own Space Odyssey uh, 2010, but that is not a cult classic, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't become a classic yet. No. No. I don't think it'll come anywhere close to 2001. It doesn't, but, you know, I still enjoy it. There's still certain parts about it. I'm like, yeah, this is good, but it's not anywhere close. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got Dazed and Confused. That one's good. Good choice. Donnie Darko. Donnie I mean, Darko. that movie, there's so much. I mean, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've seen him before this movie. Was he in anything else before this? I honestly can't remember. I, I nothing. This is two thousand one. Yeah, um, but he just—he was just so perfect for the role. He did—he did an amazing job. I mean, as weird as he was in the movie, and as odd, you kind of wanted to be him. Yeah, you kind of wanted to be crazy. Yeah, and you kind of wanted a jet <laughs> engine to fall in your room when you weren't there. <laughs> but it's pretty cool how that story loops around and mm. and surprises you and i've seen that movie probably a thousand times and every time it's like what <laughs> you know it you still don't remember you. it yeah it still takes you by surprise that's a good movie it's a good recipe let's see what else do we have here showgirls is definitely not a cult classic i don't know why it's on this list oh gosh i think that's one that i disagree with <laughs> we need to call the people down at google and say no <laughs> As much as anyone likes to see boobies, this one makes you not care about them anymore. <laughs> well, there is a good one, though. A Clockwork Orange. So, I, oh, yeah. Once again, it's one of those that you don't really Stanley. think of as a um, cult classic because it's so highly regarded now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another Stanley Kubrick movie. Um, it was kind of started as a cult classic because, I mean, Stanley Kubrick was a huge name back then. He was. But it's because of the major violence that it was yep. banned in... What, 17 countries something crazy like that and 10 20 30 years yeah and given the tone of the movie the subject matter subject matter yeah and and then the way where they playfully rape people you know beat them Um, a lot of people don't know what they're getting into when they turn that one on because you look at the cover and you're like i don't know what that's about it's a guy inside of a triangle with a weird (laughs) makeup and i don't know what he i don't even know what he's holding uh, knife and there's an eyeball on his uh, wrist. Oh, okay. But what's this thing in front? You know, I don't. That's from the milk bar. Oh, the milk bar. Yeah. Yes, which was strange. Yeah. And it's not in the movie that much. It's a one scene. You get that nice pull away shot, yeah. which is a cool shot, and it's a it. cool bar. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. Yeah. But uh, it's a interesting movie. I I, sh- I watched it with my wife, and it was her first time seeing it and she was like whoa yeah this was in the 60s yeah i said yeah and she's like i can't believe it (laughs) and i go yeah it's uh it's definitely a different movie and it definitely gets you thinking and i think that's what they wanted they didn't want you to enjoy it they wanted you to see a a a rundown society poverty stricken and then how an undisciplined person with potential he had had potential but his parents were like too afraid to actually discipline him and he would go out and became this monster and then when he was finally rehabilitated the monsters that weren't captured became the police 
Yeah. And they acted on him and how it drove him to madness. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. But there's poetic, it's a poetic twist to that too, because he kind of got what he deserved. But the part that always kills me is like he, he goes through all this reconditioning. Oh yeah. He was a terrible person at the beginning. He yeah. was a kid though. Yeah. And he goes through reconditioning and he, you know, tries to become a part of society. And at the end he finds out, well, I can just still do whatever I want. I can get yep. away with it. Because I can still play the victim. Yeah, I, I love that because it's kind of poetic justice, but an overall like you know theme on society is anybody can be, you know, the instigator. Anybody can be the, you know, the criminal. Absolutely, but it does take him to face plant and break every bone in his yes. body before he realizes <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I just love at the end how he's just so content. He's just, he just, is. He's getting fed. He's just. Oh. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And he's, he's part goes of... right back to the way he was. Yeah. And, as far as his language and yeah, probably eventually in his actions. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. But yeah. that's a definitely uh, up on the list, even though it is considered popular. Uh, next, I would I would say Spinal Tap, man. Oh, I love Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. It's funny. The guys are who are in it are musically talented yeah they're great improv actors i mean we didn't see i don't think there was anything like this not back then a rockumentary but yet a mockumentary <laughs> and man they were fun and they did a couple of Santa live spots i saw yeah back they, then yeah they did actual um like uh, musical music. guests yeah mm-hmm. and then eventually they did mighty wind Yep. Which is hilarious because it's the same three guys mm-hmm. with a folk movie. And I love that movie. Oh, yeah. And the music's great. And it has Parker Posey, who I also think is just awesome. Oh, yeah. She's funny. She is so good. Mm-hmm. Any how I see her in anything, it's always good. This was Spinal Tap, unfortunately, didn't have her in it. But that no. was, I mean, a couple of decades before. But, I mean, this is Spinal Tap. They write their own music. They do all the joking. It makes you believe that this actually could be a real rock band. Absolutely. They do not have their crap together. Which is funny because I think a lot of rock bands then didn't. Yeah. Because it was kind of... You had people blowing up overnight. Yeah. You had deals going right right and left. And you had a lot of drama. Yeah. And it wasn't like it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) People wanted to be catered to instead of working. So it was pretty interesting. So they really kind of make fun of the whole scene. Oh, yeah. And I love it. Thankfully so, they make fun of the whole scene. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> the hair metal bands, thank goodness they died out. Yeah, and they, they were short-lived, but I remember that era, man. And, you know, I don't know how collective consciousness says, this is cool. <laughs> but back then, it was like, yeah, that's cool. That man's dressed like a woman. He's got makeup on and women's sunglasses. He's got yeah. armadillo in his trousers. He's a yeah, man. That's cool. What? <laughs> How? <laughs> I know you look back at it now, you're like, that wasn't cool. I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, man. I see that Barbarella's on here. Have you ever seen that? Oh, my gosh. Jane yes. Fonda? It, that's a great movie. Yeah. And at first you're thinking, oh, crap, what did I just do? Especially when I, I saw it on Netflix one time and I'm like, oh, all right. Oh, what is this? A woman in space? What the heck is going on here? She's floating. And she's just floating, floating around. Floating. I think she's nude. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I think so. But yeah. uh, but the story, I mean, where she, the story from when she lands and gets her clothes on and gets out there. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like this weird angel character, I guess. And, there's mm-hmm. all, and it's almost like she's trying to make her way through hell to heaven. It's a very weird story. But it's in space or on a planet. It's very odd. I was thinking it was more of like a hallucination. You think so? Yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's very like, you know, out there visuals. So much. is very odd. You know, it's very trippy. But in a in a good way, it's entertaining. It is entertaining. And I, and I, I like her in that movie. Um, she fit the role well. And I was entertained. I watched the whole thing. And mm-hmm. I'd never had heard of this movie before. Now, I'd seen the angel scene once. Mm-hmm. When my dad was flipping through channels one time, but I didn't know what, what it was. And he had only stopped for a few minutes and then he changed it. But I didn't know what movie that was. And I always wonder, what is that movie? And when I saw it, I was like, oh, it was that. Oh, that's crazy. I would never in a thousand years said, oh, there's an angel in this movie or an angel-like creature. <laughs> <laughs> then you start, you're like, oh, this is the angel one. And then it starts playing. You're like, what the heck? 
Yeah, it was very it was very <laughs> interesting. So that 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 movie's great. Uh, let's see what else do we have. Well, I have some new ones. Oh, let's go over the new ones. So this is more things in about the last fifteen years or so that it's either finally starting to get a cult following or hasn't quite yet. Okay. It's gotten maybe very positive critic reviews, but nobody saw it in theaters. Uh, or it's, okay. you know, picking up steam with digital sales, Blu-ray, DVDs. Um, one of the more recent ones is uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which it had a huge budget. It was a, a movie based on a comic book, so they gave it a huge budget. And it just, uh, nobody saw it in theaters. Nobody wow. really knew what to expect from the advertising because it kind of showed it off like, you know, Scott's a slacker and he's mm-hmm. kind of a nerd. That's really all you saw in the commercials. But when you see the movie, like, it's very well put together. Even I read the graphic novels, and it's very, very true to the graphic novels. Now, this is one I haven't seen, but where, where can we watch this? Is it on Netflix already? Is it on Amazon? Or do you have to still... You still have to, um, unfortunately, you still have to pay for it carte blanche. Okay. So uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's not on Netflix, unfortunately, as of today. Okay, but you can rent it on Amazon if you want to. Yes. Okay. And it's only like three or four bucks. It's definitely yeah, it's worth the viewing. Okay. Um, I, when I first saw the movie, I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't read the graphic novels beforehand. And I was just, you know, I was like, oh, looks nerdy, looks cool. I'll give it a shot. It does a great homage to the old school video games, uh, old school movies, and pretty much the punk rock aesthetic. Oh, wow. Because Scott is in a band with a bunch of his friends, and he's going through girlfriend troubles at the same time. <laughs> and he has to, you know, play concerts and fight evil ex-boyfriends of oh. this girl that he falls in love with. What a cool concept. It is awesome. I'm going to have to definitely rent that one. Oh, definitely. Right on, man. Um, there was one I was thinking, oh, The Army of Darkness, which is an old one. We yes. Forgot. We were going to go over that, Evil Dead. Uh, oh, and then you had another. What was the other ones that you had that were, sorry, I totally spaced. On the older side? On the newer ones. Oh, yeah, the newer I, th- ones. I forgot we had said we were going to do that. Have you ever seen Black Dynamite? No. <laughs> is that one great? It is so ridiculous. It's basically a remake of something that was like an old black exploitation oh. film. <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh. Is it, is it, uh, what's it, what's it about? Well, it's basically a character named Black Dynamite, big, muscly black guy. And he, his brother dies. Okay. Uh, like beginning of the movie. And of course is in some ridiculous way. Uh, he gets framed for, uh, selling drugs, his brother. Okay. <laughs> After he's dead, they besmirch his name and basically say that he's selling drugs. And Black Dynamite, he's, you know, he's kicking butt. He knows, you know, Kung Fu and all this other stuff. He's a great detective. And he just, he starts to do some detective work on, like, what was his brother doing uh, when he died? Oh, okay, I see. And then it turns into this whole ridiculousness about, uh, what do they call it, anaconda malt liquor. <laughs> like, very, very, like, you know, they go to a Chicken and Waffle Hut. All this ridiculous, like, you know, black culture. But it's just made in such a fun way. That it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The only thing that I can think that comes close is like the uh, Grindhouse movies. Dang. It's, it's pretty much like that. Okay. Like they, it's they, got that grittiness to it. The grittiness. They go for more amateurish like shots and editing and stuff like that. Like there's one scene where they actually replace an actor <laughs> in the middle of a fight. Oh, my the, goodness. This guy punches another guy. And he, like, breaks character, and he goes, oh, he, like, he starts pouncing him. And then they cut it really fast and replace him with a smaller guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's I'll have just, to check it out. It's it, it's made so amateurishly, but... But it it's, works. It's the way it's supposed to be, right? Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Kung Fu Fury? I have not. Or Kung Fury, sorry. It's so good. Like, uh, it's kind of what you're kind of talking about here. It's not very long. It's only 31 minutes. They usually, I I think it's still on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And what's funny about this movie is it's very well done. It's got that 80s feel, that like karate kid feel. But it's just ridiculous. And, (laughs) and, and if I remember correctly, um, Hitler has a time machine. He has to fight Hitler. And (laughs) it's just absolutely epic and ridiculous. And I loved every second of it. And the David Hasselhoff music video, I have never said this about David Hasselhoff. But the song is actually good. 
Oh my. Yeah, the song's actually good, and the music video is even more awesome. <laughs> and and I think he finally found his niche, uh, as far as that goes. He just needs to do more of that, whatever that is. But that's one movie I would I would recommend, and it's really short. Another one is uh the Turbo Kid. If you like Kung Fury, you'll love uh Turbo Kid too. And it was a Sundance film. Um, very cool. It almost reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite uh, meets uh, End of the World mm-hmm. uh, or the Apocalypse. And all the characters, you'll just fall in love with them. Uh, they're very zany. It's very well done. It is worth the time. And uh, I think that one in the future is going to be very, very, very popular. Once people start to discover it. But uh, you have another li- another on your list? Oh, yeah. I have quite a few. Uh, one of the more recent ones that is actually still in theaters, uh, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Okay. So, I saw the preview for that. It looks amazing. It looks ridiculous. It looks yeah. crazy. Like, it makes no sense. And it definitely doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to catch it. It was at the theaters here for a week. Yeah. That's what happened to me. I wanted to go <laughs> see it. Yeah. Because it's about a dead guy and, a, and another guy, right? Right. He's trying to carry him around, and, and he becomes useful on certain occasions. Yeah, so they're uh, both <laughs> on a deserted island. Um, the alive guy, mm-hmm. Paul, played by Paul Dano, is basically ready to just end it. Like, he's sure. He's tired of being suicide. alone. Yeah. He's stuck on this island by himself. Um, Daniel Radcliffe's body <laughs> washes up. And then he finds that there's so many uses to this guy, and that he actually starts talking to him. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. That's so funny. <laughs> it's the right amount of ridiculous. And it's also, at the end, it's also kind of heartfelt, which oh, I'm really? kind of glad huh. for. But yeah, it's definitely one of those that when it comes out, I'm definitely getting it. I'm going to have to borrow it, uh, lend it out to so many people to borrow. Oh, absolutely. Because it's one of those, like... It's a movie you, you love to, to share. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even if people don't like it, I want to know what people see in it. <laughs> oh. Now, would you say, speaking of Napoleon Dynamite, would you say that's a cult classic, even though it's not showing up on any list? Yeah. Well, I think it... I think it got missed. I, well, I think it's one of those that it started out as a cult classic, mm. but then oh, they got like point. a really fast distribution on it. Sure. So even when it was still in theaters, like it really picked up steam. So yeah. I, I think that's kind of why it's never seen as a cult classic. Oh, okay. Because it, it got too, picked up too quick. It got very popular. I mean, people had to vote for Pedro t-shirts everywhere. That's true. It did. I forgot about all the all the marketing and the vote for Pedro t-shirts, which you would think would make a reprise with the current election. But, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely election. vote for Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Cool, um, man. Let's see. One of the more recent ones, too. Looper. Oh, yeah. Looper. I love that movie. Yeah, and that's the one. That's Ryan Johnson, who's directing Star Wars Episode Eight. That's kind of how he got his in. Oh, true. That that's probably one of his. That's probably the one that put his name on the map. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any other movie prior to that, really. Um, I know he's done some episodes of like Breaking Bad. That was after, oh, okay. of course. Yeah. Uh, he's done some TV. He's done a few uh, films before that. Um, but if you've never seen the film, it's really worth checking out. It's the oddest take on sci-fi time travel, uh, where a bunch of hitmen, and they're still in the future, um, are basically killing people who will outlive their usefulness in the even distant future. Mm. So, and how they close what they call closing the loop is these uh, mercenaries these guns for hire when they outlive their usefulness they have to they get sent to the past to their younger selves and the younger selves have to kill them mm-hmm. so that closes the loop for that person and unfortunately for joseph glenn levitt's character um his future self kind of comes prepared and runs away when he tries to kill himself. <laughs> mm, yeah, and it, it's a very odd situation, and it, it doesn't—it probably doesn't make sense by explaining it. But when you see it, it makes oh, it so makes much total more sense. sense. Yeah, it's it's very. I think very it's pretty original. easy to follow. To be honest, I don't think it's it's so it's not like Inception where you need to watch it eight or eight or nine times because you miss points 
and I don't feel I don't feel like there's a, as a lot of holes in the storyline. Yeah. The yeah. the way I always see it is if you pay attention to a movie, um, like just give it your utmost attention, like especially when you're in the theater, mm-hmm. like you can always get your point across. You can always understand what they were going for. When you see it, like no mean to bash like Netflix or anything like that, but when sure. you see it at home, there's obviously a lot more ways to be distracted. Oh yeah, and absolutely. I think that's what kind of hurts these movies. Oh, that's a good point. That's absolutely a good point. Yeah, I mean they're they're thinking movies like Inception. Mm-hmm. Um, they're you really have to keep your focus on it so you know what's going on. Because if you do miss ten minutes, or if you're not paying attention completely for ten minutes, you might miss out on a big factor of the movie. When on the problem, the main problem with Inception, we saw it twice because the first time. And we saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. The first time, you're in awe. Yeah. And there's it, there's parts that are so beautiful, you're missing out what's going actually going on because you're too too busy watching what's unfolding before you. That's what I noticed. I was actually distracted by the movie itself and missing oh. out story. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, what the heck? This yeah. is cool. Where are they going next? What's this? Is this real? Is this not real? You know. And then after you know what to expect, and you go in with a second chance. You're like, oh, I already saw that building fold up on itself. What's really happening? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you're not realizing, oh, this is a dream sequence for some reason, even though they're telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And you're realizing it, but you're not actually um, focused on the actual fact, oh, okay, this is the dream disintegrating. You're just like, oh, everything's exploding. That's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think Inception should be in there, and I don't see it, to be honest, on the list. Well, I think it's once again... because it got really popular? Yeah. And I think it's actually going a little bit on the reverse, that it was popular when it first came out. And over the years, people are kind of... Rediscovering? Well, they're either rediscovering or they're discovering that it's not that good. And it's like, sure. no, it's still amazing. Yeah. People I just get cynical about it. Well, I ran into so many people, and they were all old. I'll say that. <laughs> Older people that did not like that movie. And it's because they didn't understand it. I think they can follow it, mm-hmm. yeah. They didn't get that, oh, the deeper consciousness, the more um, that person wanted to stay inside themselves and not come out into the real world. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's a movie that you either love or you hate. Yeah. That and Interstellar. Interstellar, yeah. very similar. And that one I love. I, lo- yeah. I love both those movies. Me too. Me too. But um, I, I think um, uh, a cult, it, and it should be definitely a cult classic, but not a lot of people have seen it. Have you ever seen Moon with Sam Rockwell? Oh, definitely. That's a good choice. That movie, wow. And I and um, a lot of people don't know the voice of the robot in that movie is um, Kevin Spacey, I think. I don't think I caught that. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I really believe, I, I, I'm, I'm sure, 100% that the movie Moon has Kevin Spacey as the voice of the robot. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but let me me just verify IMDb, right? And I I loved his voice in that movie. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, see? And a lot of people didn't know that that that's who it was. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. I was like, why does he sound so familiar? Oh, hey, is that Kevin Spacey? Because <laughs> I've been watching uh, House of Cards after that, you know. And um, House of Cards is pretty uh, intense. Oh, yeah. And he's got the southern drawl. But you can still tell it's it's him, even just hearing him. He's got a, he's got a characteristic about his voice. But what I loved about Moon in that movie is... You know, here he is on a moon. It's just him mm-hmm. and the robot, and you are glued to that thing. The all the problems he encounters, uh, you feel sorry for him. Yeah. And then when you find out, because I don't want to ruin it for listeners who haven't seen it, um, but when you find out what's going on, you're just like, what? <laughs> and I keep hoping that they would go back to it because I want to know if he makes it. You know what I mean? Well. I know that there's a breakdown, but... Yeah, well, that's actually very good. I don't know if you know this then. Oh. Um, The director, Duncan Jones, Uh actually David Bowie's son, 
Uh, he cool. came out with uh, Warcraft this year, which was, you know, it didn't do that great here. It sure. did amazing in China. He said he's going back to that universe. Maybe not the same Whoa. characters. Oh, cool. In his next movie called Mute. Oh, how we, awesome. We don't know what to expect yet. It's sure. way too early. I don't even think he has a script written, but he wants to get back to that universe. So I that hope so. In. Yeah, because I, I, I just love what's going on there. Yeah. And, and how everything's cloaked in secrecy and then how he makes these discoveries yeah and that there's something unique about him i mean i really do i really like that it really keeps you involved absolutely absolutely what a great story let's see what else do we got here um what do you have on your list there oh quite a few quite a few um oh this is another ridiculous one unfortunately the room the Room, yes. With Tommy Wiseau, uh-huh. uh huh. <laughs> main actor, directed, edited, wrote it, and it's, it's just a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> it's one of those that you're not sure after seeing it if they if meant you... for it to be that uh, bad, okay. or if it just happened on accident, but there were so many things going wrong, and it's just a very simple story. It's not even, there's not even a real story to it. Like, this guy loves his girlfriend, and uh, for some reason, she hates him. Uh, it's never yeah. explained. There's and no she, reason for it. Yeah, and she sleeps around, and uh, her mom has cancer, but she brings it up once, and it's never brought up again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they, I guess, adopted a kid. They never really explain it. They, it just shows up? Yeah, and they just throw, the, they throw a football around at random places. They go into a field at one point and throw the football around. They go into an alley at one point. Dressed in tuxedos and throw uh, the football around. Oh, jeez. Like, and they use... Because like, that's real. That's what happens <laughs> in real life. And they use old footage of, like, you know, the uh, San Francisco uh, scenery. Okay. And it just... It makes no sense. <laughs> and especially for something that's $8 million. Oh, it, my god! It took $8 million to make that. And that's, I mean, low budget, yeah. Especially compared to movies that are, like, $250 million to make. So what you're saying, it's probably some sort of military cover-up for, uh, for uh, they use the money for something else. <laughs> I was thinking a mafia cover-up, <laughs> like they're laundering the money somehow. There you go, that's what but, it is. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's probably what it is. How oh, hilarious. Um, let's see, there was a movie I was just thinking about. I'm like, man, how come, oh yeah, it was just a bunch of movies. How come we don't see Toxic Avenger on any of these lists? That's true. Because, I mean, they are horrible movies, but I love them. They're so well, I love that first one. Yeah. The third one's borderline, <laughs> like, I'm not sure that should have been made. Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, the way it opens. You ever seen the third? No. Oh, my gosh, Robert. <laughs> I couldn't get anyone in the house to watch it with me. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll probably end up watching it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, It's funny. But it's like, really? What the heck's going on here? But that first one's actually not bad. Um, you, you still get some of those, what the heck were they thinking moments. Uh, I mean, it's goofy. Yeah. But um, it's there's something enduring about it. Yeah. But I, I, that the second one, I, I, I don't even remember. I did watch it. Uh, and the third one, just uh, I was appalled. I was so offended by wow. the opening scene because... By, now, back then, I could see it being made and being fine. But mm-hmm. by today's standard, I think if people watched it, they'd be like, whoa, no. no <laughs> Why no. are you wasting your time with that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just touchy, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, Toxic Avenger, the first one, though. I really enjoy that one. And that I've seen it recently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's the... Uh, no, maybe I'm getting that wrong. Maybe There's I... one where he goes to Japan. Maybe that's the second one. That one wasn't bad, actually. It was I, actually very funny. Wasn't there one called Citizen Toxie? Citizen was Toxie. Was it number four? Oh, maybe he, that's like, the one where he goes to Japan. president or something? I don't know. It was, it was something completely off the rails. Let's get this straight, because it's not on our list here. But while you're doing that, I wanted to bring up the first time I ever heard of Toxic Avenger. This is terrible. When I was a kid, they had the Toxic Crusaders. Cartoon. Oh, the cartoon. I loved that cartoon. <laughs> it was weird, though. It was good. It was very good. And then you start to think, like, well, how did they come up with this? Oh, well, the, it was from an old R-rated movie called Toxic Avenger. 
Absolutely. And they made a cartoon of it for kids? <laughs> yeah, they did. They sure did, yeah. That was back when they made, you know, cartoons of anything they could. Any franchise. Because they figure, <laughs> you know, Transformers. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Toxic Avenger, you're right, Citizen Toxie. Um, let's see. Yeah, you're right. It was number four. Now, take notice here. You've got, they only mentioned Toxic Avenger. Um, part two and part three. The Last Temptation of Toxie. That's the one that I saw that I was like appalled by. But I think number two is the one where he actually goes to uh, Japan. And that one's actually pretty funny. Last Temptation of Toxie. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the one, the Tale of Two Toxies. Because there's one that comes the, the the third one, or this is the fourth one, not my bad. This isn't Toxie. Maybe it's the fourth one. <laughs> because I, there's one where there's some sort of explosion mm -hmm. and a Toxie from a, and it's actually a clever story because it deals with a parallel universe. Mm -hmm. So a Toxic Avenger comes from one end from his universe, who's evil, and the evil one ends up in our universe. And the good one ends up in the evil universe. No. So that might be it. I don't know. But um, to be honest, they're all good and fun. And Jackie and I actually met the director, uh, one of the cons. Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah. Wow. The year that Stan Lee came out, he mm -hmm. was the MC. Wow. Yes. And we were just coming around a corner and he was just trying to get people to say hi to him and, and come to my booth. Mm -hmm. And I ran into him, and he's like, "Oh, hi, sorry, you know." And he's like, "Well, come to my booth, you know." And Toxic Venture was there, you know, with the mask, and he's like, "Oh, Arr, you know, with his broom and stuff." And Jackie's like, "We had Kinsey with us and Sam, and we're like, oh, we got the kids, you know. Don't look, <laughs> don't look." Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see what else do we got um, that we haven't covered. They're saying Mad Max. Um, see, once again, I don't see it as a cult film. But me either. Of course, I wasn't even alive back then when the first one came out. So who knows? But seeing it now, well, yeah, it's good. And I was alive back then when it came out. And that was plastered all over the movie channel, they used to call it back in the day. It was on there all the time. Which makes me wonder if it just didn't do that great in theaters and that they showed, threw it on cable. They threw it on cable and people <laughs> were like, oh yeah. Because yeah. I remember, that's, I mean... That was Mel Gibson, right? Yep. Yeah, so I remember that haircut, that face. He still had the Aussie accent. Yep. <laughs> and then I recognized him when he started showing up in the uh, Lethal Weapons. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he was infused into my mind at the time. Let's see what else do we got here. Oh, Eraserhead. You were going to talk about that one. It's an older one. Yeah, that's David Lynch's first movie. He had to uh, stop production on a couple times. Uh, while he tried to get it made and funded, oh, man. funding kept failing, falling through. He had to go back to his day job multiple times. Um, it was definitely like, you know, it, it was a testament to what he wanted to do as a director. But it makes no sense. The narrative huh. is basically up to you, the viewer, to make sense of it. And that's what kind of drove me crazy when I first saw it. It's like God was trying to stop him to make for making that movie more or less <laughs> and he did it anyway more or less and i mean i have to give him credit the only explanation that he gives is this is about my time growing up in uh, my hometown oh and it's like that doesn't tell you anything oh uh, no it doesn't it doesn't tell you like did you go through some kind of drama did something happen it's like no huh. it's just about this weird guy that you know goes through random stuff in the movie and there's really no explanation for it um and maybe that's what it, uh, what that's just the actual point is maybe something happened in his life and there is no reason for it yeah maybe maybe that's, that's what he's trying to say yeah. and he just wants you to feel it over and over and over again for how many hours yeah. now <laughs> you remember the the pixies song uh, yeah. lady in the radiator absolutely that's from Eraserhead. Oh. There's actual lady in the radiator. Oh, how interesting. And she has like these big puffy cheeks. 
like chipmunk cheeks, uh -huh. and she's dancing in the movie. And there's no <laughs> explanation for it. But it's, once again, one of those things that's completely left to interpretation to the viewer. So it's definitely worth a watch at least once, even if you hate it. See what you think of it. Sure. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I like David Lynch. Um, Twin Peaks is one of my favorite shows. But yeah. it's one of those that, like, you know, he was first starting out. So I, maybe I it was just like know. a, he, it's like a, he had to purge so he could create. Yes. You know? Yes. It's like, I'm going to get all this out, done, now I'm going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the rest of his stuff is still super weird, but it's just not yeah. that amount of craziness. It's not so out there that you're, you're like scratching your head trying to interpret it and make sense of it. Right. Well, other than Blue Velvet, but I think that he well, got it right then. Like, that's like the more narrative version of Eraserhead. Gotcha. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, oh. he did uh, Elephant Man, and that was amazing. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. incredible. Uh, Twin Peaks made so much sense. I know it's a TV show, but they made a movie well, of it, too. Yeah. Um, and then I, hear, I hear Twin Peaks is coming back. Mm -hmm. Supposedly next year, 2017. Sweet. Showtime. Yeah, and I got Showtime. I just got it. Sweet. So I'll be watching that one. Speaking of, uh, you reminded me when you said uh, uh, Blue Velvet, mm -hmm. for some reason... Vanilla Sky came to mind. Yes. That, I would say, is a cool classic. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people have seen that. And one of my boys, uh, Jimmy, uh, he brought that to my attention one year. He brought it over here one night and said, you got to see this movie. Mm -hmm. And we watched it, and I was like, whoa, that movie's a trip. <laughs> it, it blindsides you. It does. Well, you you have do no, not expect that. No, not at all, man. Not at all. Um, there was another one that he liked. It was a French film called, is it Amelie? Yeah, Amelie. Yeah, that movie, too. Like, the weird girl, <laughs> you know, like, oh, this girl's weird. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I mean, I have to read. <laughs> but that's fine. But I saw you had animation down. Uh, Batman the Phantasm. Mas Mask of the Phantasm. I saw that in theaters, bro. Me too. And it was Me rad. Too. That was one that they said... We're basically going to give you like an hour special for a Batman episode. Yeah. We're going to give you a bigger budget. And then when they finally saw the finished product, they're like, we can put this in theaters. It's that good. Yep. It was good, man. Yeah. Actually, I own the entire animated series. As do I. Yeah. And I would say with the exception of probably what, the fourth season when the animation got kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And even those stories are pretty good. Yeah. But, dude, if Hollywood would just watch those, there's a plenty of good ideas in there for actual full feature films like the gray ghosts oh definitely with adam west yeah dude that episode is awesome actually that's my whole childhood right there is watching <laughs> those i used to run home from school and watch those every day uh-huh every day i miss that yep i'm still waiting for them to do justice on heart of ice which was oh. the mr freeze they finally gave him like a real backstory and that's... they put him in i mean ever since then his character has stayed with this story oh yeah of that's his true. of his wife dying and he freezes her to try and find a cure he's always been in this gray area ever since he's not true. just a bad guy he's not really a good guy he's, he's just kind of in the middle yeah that's true it's just kind of an unfortunate thing that happened to him right and he's like forced to be this guy because nobody wants to help him yeah they're all afraid of him yeah and he needs money and, and you're not going to hire this guy to answer phones yeah you're not <laughs> he can't hear yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no work that this guy could do other than working in like a meat locker or, or be the guy that pushes the milk in the, <laughs> in the cooler <laughs> at the grocery store. Really? So, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess he's a scientist. And maybe he could do something with cryogenics or something. But, um, yeah, yeah, you're pretty much forced to be a villain. After you're but, hurt that much, yeah. But he's yeah, one of my yeah. favorite characters. Yeah. And in the animated that. series, the guy, whoever whoever it is that plays his voice, mm -hmm. awesome. Absolutely awesome. It's very menacing. It is. And Phantasm, going back to that, I remember being freaked out as a, I think I was a teenager when that came out. I might have been like eighth grade in that mm -hmm. area. I remember watching that, and it was a theater that doesn't exist anymore near Coronado. And I remember watching that movie, and there was a scene where he wakes up in bed next to his chick. 
Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. That didn't happen in the TV series. <laughs> and I was sitting there with some cousins. We all looked at each other like, what is this? <laughs> he only does that in the comics. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. Oh, yeah. Such a good movie. And it was. You even have the Joker in it, but he's doing something different he's yeah doing you're not something new. yeah he's not focused on batman he's just kind of there and but it's a very integral part to the story absolutely which i mean it tells it's a good joker story it tells more mm-hmm. about the joker it's a good batman story because it tells more about uh the bruce wayne ego yep as much as the batman ego that's true absolutely and and then the twist mm-hmm. of i mean who this scary ghoulish phantom is um is awesome oh yeah i like and i've always enjoyed their movies that they put out i don't even the cheesy ones i haven't seen and actually this is one area that seems like dc gets it right you ever notice that yeah like their animations are very good they are high-end top shelf so much better than their live action stuff which is so sad and i've actually seen some really poorly done uh cheap five dollar uh dc movies mm-hmm. and the story is still amazing oh yeah there's i've got one that uh i forget the name of it but it's got shazam and superman and uh they're overly muscular and they're drawn and they look absolutely terrible but you forget all of that when you watch the movie because it actually is a good movie yeah right? and i think people don't give it a chance because of that and i'm sorry i don't know the name of it right now it's probably just shazam versus superman or something it's like something that. like that yeah i'm not sure but uh but one of my favorites, and it should be a cult classic. Have you seen um, is Crisis on Infinite Earths? Crisis on Infinite Earths, maybe, yeah. Where It's the one where they have the alternate universe where Batman's Owlman. Yes. Have you seen that one? It's yes. Crisis on Multiple Earths. You're right, yeah. that's it. That one is incredible. Wow. And then there's Justice League Frontier. That one's incredible. I've seen that one, yeah. Um, that one is almost scary for too scary for kids to watch mm-hmm. just because there's things that go on in it but i enjoy those and those should be cult classics too really i think and, they are at this point because a lot of people don't take animation seriously no even still it's kind of sad actually um but th- those uh dc's doing a good job with those oh yeah. and actually if it were me i would turn those into movies especially justice league starcross yes. that storyline it's very good and people can't find it yeah they don't realize it's within the you have to buy the actual uh sets because uh i think the way they showed them on like cartoon network way back in the day they actually showed the four blocks as movies Mm -hmm. they put them on their movie nights yeah so people were like looking for them and could not find them (laughs) and then uh i think it was uh i think it was uh richard and michelle they bought us the whole complete justice league and the justice league unlimited yeah. And I was watching those, and Starcross came up. And before that, I could only find it on iTunes. And I yeah. actually bought them on iTunes. Because they really did the, you know, the multiple part uh, stories, the big episode arcs with Justice League. Oh, yeah. That's what I kind of like about them. Sometimes it's one that you could resolve in one episode, and they kind of stretch it out. But sometimes it's epic, and oh. it has to be multiple. Yeah. You, and some of those things you, you can't really, I don't know that they could do well enough live action right. some of them um but i love as far as animated movies go i do love um these movies oh that's it might have been superman now superman doomsday is good too yes yeah the more recent one that i saw was the flashpoint paradox oh flashpoint yeah, that was good yeah yeah i think that was on netflix wasn't it mm-hmm. okay the one i was talking about was batman or superman batman public enemies that's the one well it, th- so that's the one where uh Lex Luthor becomes president. I think so. And Superman and Batman become vigilantes because of it. And Lex tries to frame them for, you know, uh, killing a villain and killing a superhero. So they kind of have to go on the lam. And they have both superheroes and villains trying to catch them because they think Lex Luthor is That's right. Yeah, and that is the one where they end up teaming up with Shazam. No. Isn't it? No. It's not? I thought he was in there. I thought he ends up helping them in the end. No, that's another one. They, There's another one? They make oh, so man. many of these that are good, it's hard to keep them straight. Now, I do own that that uh, Batman vs. Superman Public Enemies. And you're right, it was Crisis on Two Earth. Under the Red Hood was good. Did you see that one? Yes, my only qualm with that is they made Joker all, like, muscly. 
Oh yeah, that was weird. That was that threw yeah, me off. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad idea. Now year one was incredible. Yeah, Batman year one. That should be a cult classic. The oh. the only one that I really didn't care for is that Superman versus the Elite. The Elite. Maybe it was was that one does that one have Shazam? I honestly can't remember. But oh, it's one of those that I, I just could not get involved in it, so I just kinda of stopped after a half hour. <laughs> I gotcha. I mean it it's not one of the best ones. Now but... HBO had a few for a while that they were doing that was Batman and it was Batman old and they oh. did that they did that um Dark was it the Dark Knight Rises, I think that's what it was. Oh, have the animated one? ones, the Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, yes. Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Yeah, those are, are incredible. If they filmed that into, it made that into movie scene for scene, mm-hmm. even with Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. that, and he would be the perfect for that because he's got that jaw, he's got that look. I could see him in the tank. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they get them, get him like a short-haired girl, red-headed Robin, or Sat Man. Well, they kind of based it a little bit off on that. So you can the, see it. Yeah, the Batman suit for Ben Affleck is based off of the same Batman in Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, bits and pieces of Superman versus Batman. I could see it in there. Yeah, yeah. they had Especially to put... the last scene. Yeah. But it was like reversed. Yeah. Because Batman dies at the end of that one, I believe. Mm, well, Not really. Yeah. He fakes it. Dies. And dies. then the sons of Batman rise. Yeah. Yeah. So they... they took some changes and put it into superman v batman i can't say versus because it's v superman mm, v batman like yeah. it's a court case like uh, a court case <laughs> um, but they also i mean they couldn't really adapt it word for word uh, no because of the dark knight rises the last christopher nolan batman movie, oh i see also did some of that stuff gotcha so i mean i'm kind of glad where it is where the animation uh version of it is really like true to the graphic novel like, it's almost oh, frame by frame. Yeah. So I think there's enough of it done, but it's such a good Batman story. It really is. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. So going back to uh, cult classics, um, in the, actually in animations, uh, Heavy Metal used oh, to be a cult yeah. classic. Yeah. And I don't see it on any list anymore. Maybe because it's so... Uh, pretty uh it's pretty x-rated i think <laughs> yeah it was pretty underground at the time because Absolutely. people did not want to that well first they didn't expect that from an sure. animated movie but they didn't want it an animated movie back then yep that was yeah you got you got boobs you got a bunch of death it's crazy and then that leads me to pink floyd the wall yeah and then uh actually i would say if you would if you would call it a cult classic series uh attack on titan you heard of that? Yeah, that's a that's a newer one. It's Once definitely again, newer. I don't know if it's cult. I it's feel like it is there. because it's getting up there. Well, maybe it's gained momentum. But when I was watching it, which was like a year and a half ago, maybe two years, mm-hmm. nobody was watching that that I could think of. Yeah, and it was. I don't think they've dubbed it yet. I don't know because I think I, it's just subtitles. Still, I still hear about it a lot, but it could just be you know the nerds that I hang around with. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it could. I, I, have you seen it? No. Still have not. It's it's it reminds me of heavy metal in a way. That's good. Yeah, it does. But it's a good storyline. I mean, I it's very odd. It's very out there. It's very weird. But I couldn't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. So I thought I think that's cool. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, I would say, as far as animation. I mean, it's got a following now. But when I was a kid, that was cult. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids did not. We had to. This is crazy. I had a cousin that had to hook me up with video. He recorded all the video. I don't know where he got it from. Mailed it to me. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. Wow. Yeah, and then he got me into Brahma one half. You ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. That's that, a I good still one. think's cult. Classic. Yeah, at least in the United States. Yeah, yeah. And I have a video that I bought from Hastings back in the day. Mm-hmm. 40 bucks. Dang. Because it was an import. Yeah. That's how it worked back then. And 40 even... bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember rentals used to be more on those ones because yep. of the imported tapes. And they were all NC-17. Yeah. My parents are like, who's ordering all these NC-17 movies when we would go to Blockbuster? Because you could rent them there. Yeah. I rented The Ultimate Teacher, uh, Project Aco. Ever heard of those? Mm-hmm. And uh, Project Aco, I would say, is called classic as far as animation. Um, but, yeah, those were NC-17. My parents had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> it's very funny. Oh, one animated one that a lot of people forget about, Cool World. 
Oh, Cool World. Yeah. Yeah, that one is good. That one's good. It's not, you know, mind-blowing amazing. No, no. It's definitely good story. fun to watch. Good story. Yeah. Um, it does the, you know, live, blend of live action and animation together, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, very well. Yeah. And it's one of Brad Pitt's first movies, and people overlook that a lot. Yeah, yeah, very adult. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a that's a really good, and and it's very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and it still looks good because I saw it on television somewhere. I don't know if they were just talking about it, but I, I saw it and it looks amazing. Yeah, they remastered it. Is that what it was? High def, and oh, it looks okay. great. I was um, gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. But yeah, it's uh, it's one of those that you know it got a little bit of hype when it first came out, sure. And then people started seeing it, and they're like, "Oh, this is this is terrible. It's not what I expected at all." Because <laughs> they wanted Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> basically. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted, that's what they wanted. That's so funny. Uh, and uh, Ghost World, because we're saying Cool World. Oh, yeah, Ghost yeah. World's a classic. I and, love that movie. Yeah, and that's based off a comic. People don't realize. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, American Splendor, since we're going with comic movies. Oh, and Have you seen that one? Yes, I love, I love that. it. And that's one of them that I'm waiting for it to get on Blu-ray. Yep. And it's probably never going to. That fueled the fire for my hate for David Leatherman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but he's such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he basically tried to throw Harvey Pekar on he the... Did. It was the late night show. It was, Before yeah. he was even on the... Um, well, tonight, well, it wasn't the Tonight Show. It was the Late Show. Late Show, yeah. But it was Late Night. And then Conan <laughs> O'Brien took over Late Night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, just, he treated Harvey Picard, the, the author, like such a jerk. He was. And he would bring him on just to pick on him. Like a sideshow. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that guy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, yeah. That fueled my fire for hatred there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one, though. It is a good I one. I haven't thought about that one in a long time. Yeah, and I and I haven't seen it. Probably in about two years, but it's one that I, I, I like to watch over and I and I actually have one of my favorite books, I think it's called uh The Quitter. And mm. it's one that he wrote and it's about his life growing up as a Polish Jewish kid in the uh <laughs> in the late fifties and sixties. It wasn't easy for him. Wow. And how boxing meant so much to him. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was it's a good that's a good one. I wish they would do that movie. Yeah, the quitter. So I'll have to loan it to you sometime. It's pretty yeah, good. I want to check that out. Absolutely. Let's see. Uh, We've gone through a lot. I think we went through <laughs> a lot. Yeah, and I, I think now ones that I don't particularly like. I'm not, I'm not seeing on these lists is Memento. You seen that one? Oh yeah. Yeah. Now Memento. My friends were like, "You gotta see it, James. You gotta see it." You yeah. know. And I watched it, and I was like, "Eh, it's okay." <laughs> <laughs> but one that one friend who was a, I believe he was a film student, and I don't know, uh, gosh, because this is years and years ago. Have you ever seen the movie The Limey? The Limey. Yeah. Gosh, it's been it's nineteen ninety nine, and it's been so long since I've seen this movie. Um, that's the actor that's in it right there. Uh, you heard of this guy, Terrence uh, Stamp? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and you'll recognize these guys. Louis Guzman. He was recently again in that movie with Adam Sandler and um, uh, David Spade. Well, what's the name of the movie? Exclusive to Netflix movie. Very funny. The Do Over. The Do Over. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he's in that one, dude. Oh, Luis Guzman. Yeah, 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 Luis. Come on. But yeah, th- this guy's very good actor, man. And Peter Fonda does really well. He's the actual drug dealer. Yeah. In the movie. Good flick, man. And nobody's heard of it. <laughs> and that's crazy. Steven Soderbergh directed yeah. it. Yeah, big name director. I've never nobody's about, heard never of this movie. Of like I said, my friend was a film student. He's like James, you gotta see this movie. I watched it, uh, and I was impressed. It it is his revenge is like insane. He just basically takes down a whole cartel or whatever, Damn. and you're like. You're, you're like rooting for him. You're like, yeah, I'll do it. And, you know, I mean, it's the whole revenge for his daughter to avenge her. Or I don't even know. I, I haven't seen it in so long. He might just be trying to get her back. I'm not even sure. But it's it's very, um, remember Taken with uh, Liam Nielsen? Mm-hmm. It's very much that movie. But I don't know if he gets her back or not. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so 
definitely check it out. See, is there any others you want to go over? Uh, we've really touched on the main ones for me. Absolutely. How about you? Yeah, I think I think the only since we did touch on a little anime at Akira. Oh, I don't yeah. know how we missed Akira, and I think it is on a list somewhere. That's the only one I could avoid. Uh, missed one that's important that we should have covered because as far as animations go, Akira was. I think that was one of my first animes outside of like the voltrons and the uh the actual cartoons that i was exposed to yeah and i think i saw akira you know rented it got away with it my parents went to bed i watched it because <laughs> you had to with that movie it was bad yeah it was really bad that one's it's brutal it's, yeah it's very very mature themed and they never they never edited it to show it on tv when i was a kid i don't that's know if good. they do now i hope they don't no um, but Ghost in the Shell, I would say that's a another one. Yeah, that we probably missed. But uh, I mean, I can't think of any others outside of that. So uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up this time, and then uh, next time we'll we'll come up with another crazy cool random topic. Thank you for wasting your time. We're the guys at Nerdy Daily. Have a good one.